Hi. Welcome. It's This Is Going Well, I Think, with David Cooper, and I'm David Cooper. This is the show where no one's listening, no one cares, and every episode's the last episode. God, I am groggy today. I had a late night. But no matter, we have Heather Ray here, a sexologist and sex coach, to talk about her blowjob course called, wait for it, Blow His Mind. Salacious sounding, I know. It's everything you wanted to know and things you didn't about oral sex. So whether you're searching for clams or not, we're about to dive in. You made it to the show. I am good. How are you? Good. Thank you for doing this, Heather. Thank you for having me. Oh, my God. You say that now. No, no, I'm not that misbehaved. I'm just, <laughs> just had a late night, so I'm like, oh, today. But I, I'm excited to uh, talk sexology. Yeah, me too. What is, well, first of all, you're in Texas. Mm-hmm, I am. Uh, you're a weightlifter. I do. <laughs> Um, most children could beat me up, but you could definitely be, I live in New York city. I feel like I ride the subway and 13 year olds scare me, but (laughs) But if it makes you feel better, my 13 year old scares me too. (laughs) (laughs) Does it? No, it doesn't. It makes me feel worse, but thank you. (laughs) Thank you. What is sexology? Cause I sometimes work with a sexual health educator. Yeah. And I'm thinking sexology is a different thing. It's very similar. So a lot of different sexologists will focus their area, you know, on specific topics. Um, I like to refer to myself as, yes, sexologist, but also sex educator and intimacy coach. So while I do a lot of educational workshops, I do the fun workshops like we're talking about today, which are also educational. And I do individual and couples coaching just to There's a variety of issues they may be having problems with, and uh, whether that's premature ejaculation, erectile dysfunction, vaginal dryness, uh, desire discrepancies, lots of different things could be happening, or maybe they just want to spice things up and they're not quite sure where to start. Jalapenos. Yes, all of those are kind of things that I can help with. Just keep those jalapenos away from the genitals. (laughs) Unless it's your thing. There are some um, lubricants that have like heating... Yes. Qualities to them, but it's a very low amount of what is the, the capsaicin, whatever the spicy stuff. So you don't just stand there in the corner with a whistle and yell hustle, hustle, hustle at your clients. That's not what a sex coach does. That's not what I do. <laughs> do when you have sessions, are like both partners naked in front of you, or is it more conversational stuff? And then they go and try it in their own bedroom kind of thing. That's exactly. Yeah, there everyone is clothed, so no one's taking their clothes off on camera. And just like you and I are talking now, it would be exactly the same way. And then I kind of give them, you know, tips and tricks and things to try before our next session. They go and do what they need to do. And they come back and report back on our next session. And we go back to the drawing board if needed, or we continue in the path that we've started on. Okay. Because I do know a sex coach. I go to this hippie romp in the desert every year called Burning Man. And she actually is in the bedroom with her clients. And she was telling me about this. And I'm like, you know, no judgment, obviously, but that's wild. Is that common? And I'm guessing, no, it's not extremely common. Different states have different laws. And so, uh, but yes, that's definitely something some coaches will be in the room. I do not practice that way. 
Uh, but I do hear of people. I'm always curious how that works, but it's definitely... For sex, it's already. I'm already so awkward. Everything in sex is awkward for me. But honestly, everything in life is awkward for me. <laughs> the idea of someone there watching is already a lot. I, don't, I could maybe handle that. But the idea of someone watching who really knows their stuff. Yes. And I'm like, they're judging me. I, I couldn't handle that. That's too much. Yeah. And I feel like it could be really insightful, you know, to be able to have someone there watching what you're doing and to, you know, give constructive criticism. But it's definitely you are walking that fine line of and a lot of that's because I haven't done a whole ton of research on what the legal things of that would entail. You know, I, I imagine there's a very thin line there that you have to be careful with. But yes, for my sessions, everything is fully clothed and comfortable and good. It makes it a lot less awkward. And I do love throwing humor in there when I'm able to just to help that level of comfort for everyone. Well, let's talk this workshop. You're talking about throwing in humor. My producer found it. It's called Blow His Mind, which I like. It's a it's a pun because blowjobs, I guess. <laughs> you give a workshop where you teach people to give oral sex well. I do. How does one conceive of this and then execute on it? How do you find people to attend? Like, how do you go from an idea to actually doing something like this? You know, it's incredible, you know, how that kind of worked. So I put these in, I put these workshops together, you know, PowerPoint presentations just to make sure I'm not missing anything. And I'm starting from a very basic foreplay. We're getting them worked up and ready. Um, and I do this for the same, you know, I obviously have one for cunnilingus as well. So oral part, oral favors on a vulva. Um, so, you know, I have one for both. And so foreplay and working your partner up are going to be very important. And so a lot of people don't realize that, you know, when we were in school, we were taught, you know, a very basic level of sex education, but it was typically just, you know, don't have sex. <laughs> um, they never focused on pleasure. It was just all the scary things about sex and never that, hey, this is actually something that you should embrace and you are a human and we are sexual beings and nat by nature and don't feel ashamed of it. Like these feelings are good, you know, and they should have been focusing on consent and those types of things. But unfortunately, we didn't get that. So no one, you know, gave us a handbook and it's like, hey, go try this when your partner, when you feel comfortable and you want to give your partner partner oral favors, this is how you do it. So we're all just winging it or we're watching porn. And unfortunately, you know, porn can be great for some people, but it sets very unrealistic expectations. So, you know, it, there's a lot to that. So being able to tell them, hey, you're going to hold it this way. You can move your hand this way. Put your mouth on it. Use your tongue. Don't ignore the testicles. You know, play with all of it, not just the shaft of the penis. And you don't have to have it in your entire mouth the entire time. I mean, there's a lot of things that people just, no one tells you. I mean, there were, in our very first workshop that we did for this one, one of the uh, women actually, their feedback was, I had no idea that you could actually suck on the penis. What does that even mean? How go goes to a, a blowjob workshop without even knowing you can suck on it? Right. And so there's so many different levels there. So starting with that foreplay and then building your partner up and really like putting that those bells and whistles in the end just to literally blow his mind and to having fun while we're doing it. You know, a lot of women, you know, will dangle the carrot. Oh, I'll give you a blowjob if you, you know, buy me a car. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, I'll give you a blowjob if you go down on me. I'm like, a car? That's uh, it's out of my price range. <laughs> you would be surprised. And I hear this so often in my coaching sessions. And, you know, of course, if you're not down there with intention and actually enjoying what you're doing for your partner, this is an act of service. And you're willing to do this. You're consenting to it. So act like you enjoy it so that your partner doesn't feel guilty for having you there. You know, and one of my biggest things is um, if you 
it's so called a blow job, but if you're treating it like a job, that's probably why you suck at it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you know, be there with intention, have fun with it. And there are ways to have fun and make it exciting for you too, as the giver. And it's just a matter of kind of hearing those tips and finding a new approach to it versus it being a, ugh, I have to do this. And if there are hurdles, if your partner, you know, works outside or they have, you know, really sweaty jobs, or maybe they are just very flatulent. <laughs> me, I got, I got IBS. Uh, that's me. I got to avoid dairy before sex. Yes. And so, you know, if that's on your mind, you're like, oh, I won't go down on my partner for that reason. Well, you know, there are ways to get around that in a nice, kind way without saying, I am not going down on you because you just farted 10 minutes ago. You, you can flat out say, hey, look, why don't you go take a shower and I'll have a surprise for you in the bedroom when you're finished or offer to take a shower with them. You know, that's definitely something that you can do that's still loving and kind and you're still able to have a clean penis when you put it in your mouth. <laughs> I got to stop you right there, Heather. When you're young, shower together gets sold by the movies as this hot romantic thing. I couldn't think of anything worse. I got a routine in there. I'm I got to be under the hot water. If she's sharing the shower with me, I'm standing there not getting wet with soap on me. I got I think a shower together is the worst. Maybe a bath, maybe a bath, but a shower, not my thing. That's a great, but I think your your shower is set up wrong. You got to set it up with all the handicap pieces, man. <laughs> I guess. I had a friend growing up whose parents had a double shower and we'd always sneak into their bed, uh, like, you know, master bath and make fun of them. I feel bad now, but I, that's the kind of thing you need, I think, to enjoy a shower with another person. <laughs> Two heads, uh, no pun intended. But to rewind what you said, I'm from Canada. We pride ourselves on giving a better sex education as kid as kids and maybe the curriculum was a little bit more okay you can receive pleasure it's less fire and brimstone if you have sex here are all the negative consequences but the teacher who taught it to us was my gym teacher and he was so fumbly and awkward i feel like i got a bad education anyway even though cur the curriculum may have been marginally better uh, more informative more well-rounded than the u.s curriculum and but having said that you said people learn from porn mm -hmm. and I always think of it as an analogy like I watch The Rock do an action film. I'm not going to go out into the street and do action like that. I would die. You know, we we learn these things. And I'm not even convinced porn actors enjoy it because they're so contorted to get the camera angle. They're pretending they're enjoying it. But like no one enjoys sex in that position. It's impossible to get in that position. I got bad knees. I guess the short of it is uh, it's fine to watch whatever. People have their own opinions on that. I am of the school of thought. It's fine. But yeah, don't think that you can do that. And even if you could, that you would enjoy it. Exactly. And that's my thing. If you can get off in porn and it's a great addition to your relationship, hey, have at it. I have no issue with, you know, consensual porn. Uh, but on the flip side of that, just make sure that you're going into it with the, you know, knowing that these are very unrealistic expectations. Your partner's not, it should not be expected to perform the way that the actor or actress in that movie or that porno are performing. Your stamina is not going to measure up. Our genitals are probably not going to look as pristine as they do on camera because they've had surgeries and Photoshop and all sorts of things to make their vulvas and their penises different. Um, yeah. You can get Botox on your butthole. I mean, people do it. <laughs> yes. I may re get it soon myself, not for the reasons you think I have an anal fissure, but th this is not a conversation for you. Uh, okay. Let's go through some of the things, uh, some of the questions you ask of the people attending this workshop. Like, do people use too much teeth? What if I have a bad gag reflex? What do I do about the lock jaw, the sore jaw? I mean, that's a real problem. I I've gotten, that's like the number one complaint I've heard and I'm very empathetic to it. It's like, okay, my jaw hurts. Cause I, I get that too. 
you know, my girlfriend takes a long time, uh, you know, and so I'm down there for like, and any break of focus, you know, gets her out of the moment. So I got to stay in that position for 30 minutes because if I change positions because I'm uncomfortable 29 minutes in, we have reset the clock and I'm okay with this. I love performing oral sex and I actually have a question about this later for you that a friend asked me to ask you, but uh, I get the sore jaw and she gets the sore jaw too. What's the best way to deal with that? The foreplay that we mentioned earlier. So a lot of my workshop, the very beginning of both of my workshops is all about building your partner up. You want to get the blood flow to the genitals before you even have to put your mouth on it. You are teasing, you're tantalizing, you're doing all of these things around their genitals, whether that is like massaging up their inner thighs with oil or what have you. And you're kind of going up around their pubic area while you massage and you're avoiding genitals. They want you to touch it at this point. Like they're already like, oh wow, they're completely avoiding that. So now they're starting to relax. Their brain, which is your biggest sex organ, is starting to relax and focus on what's happening in that moment while the blood flow is flowing to the genitals. And for a vulva owner, you will notice, obviously a penis will become erect because they're getting aroused. But a, for a vulva owner, which is funny, you mentioned the 30 minutes. So on average, the average female needs 15 to 30 minutes of foreplay before we are even aroused. Um, so yeah, I just, I just get right in there, be, you know, no foreplay. And then I, yeah, I guess if I did the foreplay it would be faster. Yes. And so you're not actually having to have your full mouth on it you know, the entire time you're doing other things using your hands, you're massaging different parts of her vulva. You're not just focusing on the vaginal opening or just the clitoris. You're taking the entire vulva and massaging the labia and the mons pubis area, you know, where your pubic hair will grow, you're massaging all of that area. So you're, it's really about the buildup and your partner at that point is ready to explode. All of that blood is there. They're ready before you even have to put your mouth to their genitals. And it's a lot easier for your mouth, your jaw, all of that. As far as like deep throat or not so much deep throating, but the gag reflex, you know, there are different positions that you can get in that help with that gag reflex. Or just use your hands, like use both hands and then you only have to go shallow. You get the full sensation. Exactly. So we talk about that. We talk about different grip ways to grip the penis. Um, so yes, so that your mouth is not entirely full of a penis the entire time. And we're focusing on the more sensitive areas of the penis. So because it's not just the entire shaft, there are actually little magic buttons on the penis that they could push and massage and run their finger along that are going to be more stimulating than just focusing on the entire shaft. To be clear, I, I like being down there for 30 minutes. It's one of my great joys. It's just the jaw, you know, the jaw, the jaw. Yes, and that's probably what's going to make you better at it than most. The average person is because most people will not most, but a very large percentage of people will dread that. And when you switch that mindset from a, oh, I have to do this to a, I get to do this. And my biggest trick when you're trying to get that mindset is you obviously have very strong feelings for this partner. So while you're there, you're looking at their genitals in this moment as you are worshiping it. Like that is like the biggest thing. Like you want to look at it like that in that moment, <laughs> that that is everything to you. Like you are wanting to please it. You are wanting to play with it. You're wanting to have fun with it. And that's going to switch that. Ugh, I have to do this into a more fun and exciting experience for both of you and your partner can tell when you're not feeling it yeah you know, they know <laughs> especially if you're a man it's like so obvious i feel like uh, it's easier as a woman or with a vagina to fake it you can be like oh i like this so much although uh vaginas they get in they get blood flow when you're aroused so it, it, it is it's more subtle though right well and you can actually see so if you pay attention and you do lots of the foreplay so that 15 to 30 minutes depending on the woman you'll actually notice that the vulva 
as a whole will start to swell. And so it actually looks super puffy. And that's where you realize, oh, all of that blood flow is already here to the vulva. And so she's becoming aroused. You'll actually notice that it looks puffier in size. It's a great it's a great look. It's not a look I'm going to complain about. But I'm of two minds with the oh, oral sex performing it is not for me. I'm grossed out by it, whatever. One is like I think way too many people, they just think that and they're not really taking the frame that you're offering, which is I'm kind of worshiping this partner. I want to please this partner. Isn't that sexy that I'm doing that? But the other is like, well, people are allowed to have their preferences. So yes. And if that's their thing and some people can't even climax with oral alone. Like there are those people, men and women alike, that cannot orgasm from oral stimulation. So, but it's definitely, if you're comfortable with it, and of course you want to make sure that's a conversation you have with your partner, because, you know, some people, especially I notice this a lot with trauma survivors, they don't care for oral, you know, a lot of them will not because it's triggering for them. And so obviously if you have a partner who doesn't care for that, there may be reasons that maybe they're not quite comfortable sharing or with anyone, not just you, but anyone. And so definitely make sure it's, you know, you're asking and you're communicating and that you're respecting your partner's boundaries because yeah, it may not be for everyone and that's okay. Yeah. So I think if it's because your frame is, oh, it's gross and that's all you're thinking, you know, maybe challenge that. But if your frame is, you know, I thought this through, I love my partner. I don't think they're gross, but it's just not for me for whatever reason. Could be trauma, could be preferences, don't know. Could be some third thing I'm not thinking of. When we land there with past partners, I'm like, okay, I understand. One thing that you've worked in, um, libido discrepancies. This is something that's I hear about a lot, especially as my friends have kids now. I'm a, you know, once every week, two weeks kind of guy. Uh, I know the stereotype is the man wants it every five seconds and the woman's you know, slow your roll, but my girlfriend would like it a little more. Uh, I think we meet in the middle. We're, we're generally happy. And I'm always comforted by even when there's long periods of time between our sessions, they're always good. And so whenever she's feeling concerned, I'm like, well, just remind yourself, is the sex we're having, forget about frequency, is the quality there? For me, that's more important, but that's me. I am curious, what do you do when libido discrepancies crop up in couples, especially long-term partners where those discrepancies weren't there at the beginning? Yeah, and a lot of us just, we get comfortable and we, you know, fall out of those little things that we used to do for our partners. But also, even if you're just like, I just have a low libido, it's not that we're lacking any sort of intimacy. We still go toward focusing on rebuilding that intimacy because it does kind of help to bridge the gap for those with the higher libido. When we have extra levels of intimacy within that relationship, those little spells or day, days before you have sex again, don't feel quite so lonely. And like, you don't feel quite like you're missing as much when you have other forms of intimacy outside of sex. And sex isn't always, you know, vaginal penile penetration. It could be anything, you know, say you have a lower libido and you do love giving oral. So, hey, I'm not going to have sex more than once a week. And which I feel like is, you know, not an unhealthy number. Everyone's going to be different. Um, but you know, we are having sex at least weekly and you know what, you have a higher libido than I am. So maybe one day a week, I'm going to make sure that I'm one extra day a week. I'm going to make sure that I'm pleasing you, whether that is manually with my mouth, somehow I am focusing on you to allow you to have that sexual release. Um, even if I'm not wanting to have physical sex in that, like, penile vaginal sex in that moment. There are definitely other ways to have intimacy outside of sex too, you know, massage and take a bubble bath together, you know, do things that are actually intimate and you're still having that connection together that you can't have with anyone else. 
but it doesn't always have to be sex. Like watching Jeopardy together, which is what I propose. There, <laughs> don't do it on separate couches. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or you can masturbate together, you know, next to each other. There's all kinds of ways to deal with this. Yes, or you can, if you're not into it in that moment, you could watch her do it. And it's definitely something that is exciting. It's a turn on. And chances are, if you're watching her do it, you're going to get horny. And that's where we lead into that responsive desire. And so a lot of people misinterpret or confuse low libido with uh, responsive desire. And so in movies, we see spontaneous desire, like they're ready to go immediately. Kind of like what you say, society kind of puts on men, like they're ready to go. But the majority, and typically it's females, not typically, but the majority are females that have responsive desire. And so something has to trigger that, or they have to just get into it. And then as soon as they're into it, typically when we, you know, when they're we're in a session and I asked, so what happened after you had sex? You know, how, how are you feeling? And typically it's, you know, I always ask myself why we don't do this more because I really enjoyed it. And I don't know why I don't want it more because I'm thinking that in the moment, like, why can't we do this all the time? I really wish that I wanted this more, but it doesn't happen until we're in the moment. And that is that responsive desire. They need something to trigger it. And so like, even in your case, even if she's masturbating in front of you, it's hot, you're watching it and that responsive desire kicks in and you're going to want it. So you, you're going to want to be involved too. So that's definitely, you know, there could be a difference there. It may not be, you know, more often than not, it's actually responsive desire and not just a low libido. Yeah, she tricks me too. I'll be like, I'm not in the mood tonight, honey. Then she'll start masturbating. I'm like, fine, I'm in the mood now. <laughs> and then I'm really in the mood and, and it, it just sort of fixes the problem. Yes, responsive desire. <laughs> I do want to talk about my friend because he loves performing oral sex on his girlfriend. And she is way too sensitive. She can only handle like a, a minute of it. And even when she's orgasming, orgasming, she doesn't even want his head near there because the thought of any kind of touch is just so overstimulating. She has an extremely sensitive vagina. I don't know. Uh, and I was trying to, you know, he would like to go down on her more. And he was distraught. He's like, you know, this is my favorite thing. And uh, I just, I, I don't know. I, I didn't really have a good answer for him. And he, I was talking about, talking to you today. I was with my friend today. He's like, why don't you ask her this? I don't know if there is a solution to it, but you have any thoughts around that dilemma? Yeah, well, chances are, and everyone's clitoris and clitoral hood are going to be different, but it sounds, you know, in this case, she's very sensitive. Um, She could have, you know, a smaller clitoris, which is going to make her even more sensitive than someone with a larger clitoris. So some of the things that he can do is I'm not quite, of course, asking a lot of questions, I could probably guide him a little bit better. But He's if he's focusing mainly on that top clitoral area. So where the clitoris and the clitoral hood are, which are at the top of the labia uh, where your vulva meet. So if he's focusing on this area, he may need to take it away from that area, uh, move his mouth down on the vulva, stimulate the vulva with his tongue, with his mouth. He can actually suck on the vulva, the outer lips of the vulva. He could actually, uh, it's your labia, but he could suck on that and your clitoris or the clitoris stems down behind the vulva. So behind the labia is where your clitoral bulbs and cura are. So if he's stimulating the labia as a whole, the entire vulva, he's going to be able to stimulate her clitoris without as much sensitivity. So another way he could do this is by actually like pinching and rolling the vulva. Uh, your, so he's actually taking the labia, the labia majora, which are the outer lips of the vulva, He's kind of squeezing them like a baby's cheeks, okay? 
So he'll actually be using her labia to stimulate her clitoris so that it's not overpowering. It's a softer type of stimulation. And he can even massage the mons pubis area. So the area that typically pubic hair will grow, even massaging and putting pressure on that area helps to stimulate those clitoral nerve endings. So there's lots of ways to stimulate, lots of ways to stimulate the clitoris. um, And those are just a few of them without directly touching the head of the clitoris. I actually did offer him a little advice. I lied to you. Uh, I'm remembering it now. Well, I'm like, for me, the way I'm approaching this, because I'm sort of thinking, okay, if this were me, my need is more like, I just want to be down there. I want to be hanging out there. Hanging out down there with my face is a good time. And that's kind of his argument. Like, it's okay that she's overly sensitive. We we work around it. And I'm like, well, why don't you try analingus? Am I being too vulgar for you? Probably not. You're a sexologist. Not at all. And he said he's never tried it. And I'm like, you've never. And he's like, well, what if it gets a little poopy? And I'm like, well, just, I don't know, before you guys hook up, get a warm bath towel or whatever and just, you know, use do a wipe and you're fine. I've never had that problem. Yeah. And that could be very, that's very arousing for a lot of people, you know, so that's definitely something if both of them are comfortable with it. Yes. Yes. Do it. Because yes, it can be very stimulating and lots of people have never tried it. But then when they finally do, they're like, whoa, I've been missing out on this my entire sex life. And I'm not quite sure why. So yeah, talk to your partner, open up those lines of communication and you know, that's another thing that a sex coach is good for is we help with that. So yeah, definitely talk about it. See if both partners are comfortable and explore together. That's great. Okay, back to the workshop, blow his mind. You have these people coming in interested in improving their oral sex skills. Are there misconceptions that people walk in with? Is there a common one that surprised you? The 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 main one that surprised me is the, I wasn't sure, I didn't realize that you could actually suck on a penis. And another one had thought that they were literally supposed to blow on the penis while it was in the mouth. And it is like, those are very common, you know, I not not that I had really heard them, but I can see where that would be common because you do. If you're not educated about this, of course, you're just left to assume and your brain will take you in all sorts of directions. So but I thought those were very interesting, you know, when I was going through this and I'm like, wow, you know, you do call it a blowjob and you're not, you know, yeah, I never really thought about that, you know, as far as somebody would assume that you would put the penis in your mouth and just blow on it. You know, and I'm, of course, I'm visualizing someone giving a penis raspberries, you know. (laughs) (laughs) I I do that to my cat, but it's very non-sexual and he really doesn't (laughs) like it. Uh, I have a big scratch on my neck right now. (laughs) Yeah, he's, he's a bit upset with me at the moment for doing that testimonials people come in you speak with them months later what what do they have to say especially someone who really didn't have any education about oral sex at all really learning a lot from your workshop you know i actually got a couple of those this week and just feedback and then because our first workshop for this virtually was last week and so i had a coaching session with someone who was in there a follow-up and she said heather i have to tell you before we start the session i that workshop last week was great and i was like well have you you know had a chance to try any of it And she said, yes, that's why I'm bringing it up because my guy friend has actually, you know, I've given him oral in the past. He's never complained, but I took those tricks and tips that you used and incorporated them. And he was just speechless afterward. And then when he finally did, like, he's like, all I can say is I've never had a blowjob that great in my life. You know, so I was like, that is all I needed to hear. (laughs) L'chaim, as they say. 
All right. Well, Heather Ray, you're a certified sexologist. You're a sex coach. You got a, a workshop online, is it? Blow His Mind? Yeah. So if you go to bestlifebehavioralhealth.com and you'll see coaching, you could you know, do individual coaching with me, obviously, and book there, or you can hit the workshops. Uh, right now, we have the Cunnilingus 101. We have the fellatio, which is the Blow His Mind. 101. And then we have the anatomy of the vulva. The next one for blow his mind is actually on um, next week, October 11th at 730 Eastern. So if you would like to register, uh, those are $40. It's a person or a couple. So if you are with a partner, you both don't have to register. It's just one of you. So very inexpensive and lots of great tips to bring to the bedroom with you. I love it. And just to demystify one myth, uh, women can't have orgasms, right? Because no one has ever had one with me. No, I'm kidding. Terrible joke. <laughs> At least they're not faking <laughs> it. So it could be worse. <laughs> true. Uh, true. I Sometimes I wish she would fake it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm going to be in a lot of trouble. Uh, uh, some, You know what? She she knows what she's getting with me. Heather, thank you for coming on the show. This is a lot of fun. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. All right. Have a great rest of the day. All right. You too.